and gentlemen, to the 2020 Years for Fears, presented by the Preach Network. I am your host today, Spooky Seth Trav, joined, as always, by Ghoulish Glenn. I was going to say, do that ghoulish name, please. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long, long time since we've cut an actual episode of the Preachcast. But as you all know, Halloween is our favorite time of the year, pretty much. Um, I think it might be safe to say that it is our favorite time of the year anymore. Um, We love it. And last year we did our 31 and 31 where we did a different movie from every year starting at 1988 because I was 31 years old. And now because there's going to be 31 episodes of The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, we're going to do all of those. It's also going to give us a little bit of an opportunity to talk about some of those great lampooned skits that they do throughout uh all the all the classic callbacks because a lot of the times you're probably gonna know a simpsons reference better than you know the actual source material um it's actually kind of wild so that's why today we're gonna kick things off with october 25th 1990 and the simpsons treehouse of horror which was originally just called the Halloween special. <laughs> um, this kicked things off with their uh, what becomes uh, a yearly tradition of doing a Halloween episode that is essentially just three sketches. You know, they run about seven minutes long each, um, and they typically uh, lampoon some horror staple or classic. Uh, I actually fell out of The Simpsons a lot, sort of in season 20 (laughs) around there (laughs) you know and now we're like 12 years later um i started watching it again a little bit more like two years ago uh and it was getting better i want to say but for a while it felt terrible um how how much do you know about the simpsons my friend glenn i mean uh, the simpsons I, i feel like i definitely got into it a little bit later because when i first started watching like you know more i don't know daring cartoons on tv adult like, animation like like south park was like was like the big one um because i mean yeah. and i was definitely i was definitely old enough to watch the simpsons i just you know i just i just didn't i was more so into like you know the, sh- <laughs> the shows on nickelodeon and stuff you there know you go. like your red and like stimpies my red and stimpies my rocco's modern life um things oh, like yeah. are you afraid of the dark like i was very much in the snick in the snick world even though you had to be on the big orange couch absolutely even though the simpsons it was like sunday um still like i don't know i just sunday i wasn't uh wasn't watching as much tv as i was like saturday night um there you go. but i mean i can i can understand why you would fall out of the simpsons around that time because i feel like they're it, it seems like maybe like the first like dozen seasons which is insane to even say um but the, there's there's episodes there that are just so like classic now um staple and staples of television yeah yeah i mean when you have a show that's been on for as long as the simpsons has been you're gonna hopefully two years yeah you're gonna hopefully have you know that type of that type of quality um and then just like later on it kind of just gets a little bit you know because they're doing so much you know um yeah it's not i mean i was gonna say it's the same thing with family guy but it's not because the two are on totally different wavelengths but family guy's another show that's still going and like you know it's starting to feel kind of like i don't know there are times where there were seasons of family guy where i was like oh no but now and i want to say last season i actually like might be coming back know, around I've been digging it okay yeah, it brings me back around well you know why because probably because like you know that show i feel like it's probably i think it started in like maybe 99 or 2000 
Um, Family it, Guy. It, it started 1999. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at me knowing what's Super up. Bowl. I don't even have Wikipedia up. This is off the top of my head. Yeah. Look at um, that. And I mean that show, like it was so it was so intense, like even against something like South Park at the time. And uh, so maybe it's a little bit nostalgic in in a way to to pick that show up now. You know, after which is interesting. Like years. they're they're very self referential anymore and yeah. they even said themselves that to be a fan of family guy you have to be born in the 80s and somehow still a teenager <laughs> like <laughs> which is kind of accurate yeah know? yeah yeah for sure um, no, but i love the so but anyway. i love this i love the simpsons man um you know i'm glad that i'm glad that we're doing it this you know this um halloween season because you know we've done the 31 31 and we've done other like horror type themes for um, you know, for this month before, but you know, I haven't really seen anybody do all the tree houses of horror. I'm sure it's been done before, but like, it's something a little bit different, you know, and this is a way to is. talk about like, you know, like, cause in a way this is hard, it, it's horror comedy. Um, but at it the is. same time, they are, like you said, they are making like, you know, illusions and like, you know, takeoffs on what now are a lot of classic horror movies. So often. So often, I can't wait until we get to number four. There's so many great ones. I don't even want to start spoiling. There's a lot, man. Because we're going to talk about number one, the original, before it was even called the Treehouse of Horror. Again, from October 25th, 1990, when it debuted, featured three segments, uh, and it was set up by Marge coming out, warning everyone, like she steps out on stage and all that nonsense. Um, And the entire setup is that Bart and Lisa are telling each other scary stories in the treehouse. So I'm pretty sure that's where they, you know, accidentally got the name and the whole idea because none of the other ones take place in the treehouse. <laughs> no, but they all have, um, but they all kind of have that, um, like that Marge coming out in the beginning. The first, the first few the, do. The first few. I think, I, I think they stop it on six. We're going to yeah, I've watched out. A, I've watched a good amount. On, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I, I, I thought that was so cool, though, because like, you know, she kind of, not that they don't, don't break the fourth wall at all. Um, and now it's just so common. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it's cool that they come out and they're like, hey, this is gonna be and even though it's, it's like gonna be it, extra scary it's tongue-in-cheek to bad uh it's very tongue-in-cheek like that but i mean that reminds me of um uh texas chainsaw massacre where they have the disclaimer at the beginning of the movie and they're like oh, this yeah. is a real thing it's scary like watch out <laughs> like, <laughs> you haven't you haven't been approved to see this footage like it just it's just cool it's it, it's a gimmick but it's fun yeah yeah it, it is uh and that's sort of the classic staple of a lot of original horrors like your alfred hitchcock's presents um mm-hmm. You know, he'd always come out the Twilight Zone night gallery uh, where you have this presenter coming out and sort of warning you that what you're about to see is too frightening. Ugh. They do that because um, Bart comes out one time. Uh, he does. And, and it's the like all the different scenes of the different shorts are in the frame, like just like night the gallery. And I was, like, gallery, I was like, it's yes, deep cut yeah. right now. I'm like, it is, no, it's, no kids. It's watching great that. time. No kids watching no. that knew what night gallery was. So that was definitely something like myself included when I was like, what, eight. Um, so we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, and, I'll stop. <laughs> yes. We're, so first one, <laughs> first segment we're going to be talking about is Bad Dream House. Uh, it was written by John Schwartzweiler. Uh, just throwing that out there for you, ladies and gentlemen. And this one, uh, it lampoons a multitude of films we're talking like poltergeist uh we've got a little bit of the shining in there um what did you see what did you notice from this from this classic uh the house like um you know they buy this uh they buy this house because it's uh super cheap uh and then the walls start to start to bleed and things like uh float around and i think the house tells them to get out um 
to me, I, th- I feel like uh, they were really aiming for uh, Amityville Horror. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, especially the entire with the, family starts trying to kill each other at some point. Especially um, with the um, like you know the houses, the houses real cheap, and they're kind of surprised at like you know how affordable oh, it is. How could we get it so cheap? Um, I, I I do I do like this one. Um, I actually think it's kind of like you know you. It, none of these are like super like none of them are like scary um but Not that much. but but you see uh you know you see uh bart and maggie and homer like you know start to go mad and like creep around with like knives and stuff and some of the faces that they make are a little like more they are than, a little off than, than anytime normal. the simpsons look straight on and you just see their eyes yeah. like that like straight on it's very creepy yeah definitely. Uh, maggie of course does a classic where she turn like you know does the full head tilt like the exorcist yeah um yep. The haunted house. Uh, I I do think it is an awful lot like Poltergeist because in Poltergeist, isn't it like you got the, you got the Indian burial ground under there and they find that there's like crazy horse buried under their house and stuff like that. Yeah, they have the Indian burial ground and they don't do it in this one where because in Poltergeist, the not like... so crazy horse. I think it says is one of the names and Tonto and and Pocahontas and all them. Yeah, and in Poltergeist, they're like you move the they're like you move the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Um, oh, they, did, they didn't they didn't do that they didn't go quite that far in this but yeah in the background so different definitely poltergeist yeah in that uh, respect. i think so i of course saw this before i first saw poltergeist um and amityville horror and i think that this again was one of those situations where by the time i did wind up seeing it i was so just like oh the simpsons this is great you know it it, it lost a lot of the effect that it would have on me um, you know, I definitely I don't know saw, if that happened to you. I think you probably saw the horror ones. Before yeah, the no, I, I, mean, I definitely do. I mean, I can like from my memory, I can tell you Poltergeist is probably in the like the first maybe like maybe like six movies I saw. Like I used to like I had Poltergeist t- like on a tape um like uh from first run <laughs> when you used to have to like call up and um you used to have to call up a number uh and like well it was like pay- it was like pay-per-view but you had to call on the phone uh to rent a movie and it was like eight dollars or something and we taped it off of that um but i love like i loved watching poltergeist so i definitely saw poltergeist uh first so it was neat to to see this i'm sure i've seen this episode like way way long ago but i definitely i definitely can't um you know remember it <laughs> just because I... episode's so old this episode came out in 1990 so right really at the time poltergeist was still like you know i think poltergeist came out in 82 so 82. i mean it's um you know it wasn't shockingly after the movie it was still somewhat current i think they were probably I mean, I think all the sequels were probably out by then, but mm. yeah, it, I thought, I thought this segment was pretty good. It, it, it had some humorous parts. Um, by today's standard, I definitely think the animation is a little dated. Um, but overall I thought it was good. Um, I definitely enjoy the next segment. It is called hungry are the damned. And it was written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Wallodarski. And just throwing out tidbits for you people. Get at us on Twitter. Let me know if you like it. If not, I will take it right back. This one is, of course, lampooning the Twilight Zone story to serve man, I believe. That's what it says. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, had you seen the Twilight Zone episode to serve man? No. Um, you can, if I'm not mistaken, I think all of the Twilight Zones are currently streaming available on Netflix. Uh, and the Blu-ray set is pretty cheap. I can get it for like 50 or 60 bucks for the whole thing. Um, but I can't, um, I, I can definitely say I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Um, so for me, this was, uh, this was a little bit new. Um, I wasn't as 
too much of a of a fan of this one compared to the other two stories uh in this in this first episode it was weak it was overall weak it wasn't that funny um and i think it's because it so closely is just the twilight zone episode uh this is the debut of kang and kodos who somehow <laughs> become synonymous with halloween which at yeah. one point they you know reference themselves because they've been on so long they're in a bunch of the episodes and i'm like what i'm like okay what do aliens have to do with halloween <laughs> but, but, <laughs> i know? mean i guess it makes sense though because like especially if they're shooting for the twilight zone because not every like you know there's, there's a lot of uh, twilight zone episodes that aren't i mean most of them really aren't scary it's just more like no. the, like the i don't know like the weird you know <laughs> they are they're very situational and and introspective i would say you know it's the twilight zone <laughs> um it is funny ish you know the whole premise is the aliens show up um and one of the jokes that they do is that they try to like pull homer up in like the the tractor beam you know and they need two beams to pull him up because he's so fat. And I saw the other day on the internet that he was 260 pounds. And that was considered comically obese for the year 1990. So <laughs> something about that hit me really hard. I just wanted to say <laughs> being 260 is considered comically obese in 1990. How much do you weigh today? You know? I'm I mean, back down to 162. I was a buck 98, and it was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> My pants, man. I felt like Homer Simpson. It's insane. Um, the final skit that they did, the final segment, was The Raven, which was written by Sam Simon and Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I thought, and I still think of The Raven from the simpsons whenever i think of the raven because it's narrated by james earl jones and it it i i feel like this is one of those moments where the simpsons is way better than it had any excuse to be it's because a, it's good yeah when i when i first heard his voice i was like i got james earl jones to do this you know like i was just uh, i was just yeah. surprised and i mean the simpsons i think this this was in their second season um, that they that they yes. did the first episode of Treehouse of Horrors. So I mean, I was just like, they, they, they're a newer show, and I'm just like, really? Like, I, I f- you feel like that must have been you know expensive, but I mean, they they went they went for think. it. He was Darth Vader. It's not like he wasn't a hot commodity. Well, I mean, and I guess he was doing the Bell Atlantic. Yeah, but like his commercial. I remember mean, telephones. He, he, well, <laughs> well, I mean, he was still like a pretty like he's been in a lot of movies and he's done a ton of voiceovers. I, I'm sure mm-hmm. that you know James Earl Jones, like you know his voiceover, he commands a hefty price. Uh, even you know even in 1990, I would imagine. Um, so I mean, that's I, I don't know. You don't really hear. I, I feel like you don't hear him on commercials and stuff now. But I wouldn't be surprised no. if he's if he's still doing some. Um, but I mean, it was awesome to hear him read it because that voice is so iconic. You hear that, and it's you're amazing. immediately you're immediately drawn into it. And it's cool because like the Raven is something um, that like it's probably one of the like spookier stories that you hear um, when you're growing up when you're a kid like in school you know like you know you yeah, do, like when you yeah. do when you do poetry like even for somebody even if like someone doesn't really like poetry you probably like that one you know because it's like a spooky right? type of story and it's neat to be able to see it like animated I feel like the cool teacher at school would play this like you know so you can see it because they're reading word for word from the text you know. I remember in school having to read this and I would hear the lines in my head the way 
that Homer would scream them. Like I would, <laughs> I'd be sitting there and being like, take thy beak from out thy heart. <laughs> and, and, I don't know. It's just one of those things that again, I, because I was so young and exposed to the Simpsons <laughs> probably before I should have been that I just grew up with this sort of understanding of it. And I think that this is one of those things that if you showed it to a kid now, it would be a really interesting way to sort of get them interested in poetry um, and at least be sort of a more digestible way uh, to experience uh, horror and Edgar Allan Poe. And sometimes too, when like you're, you know, you're reading those, those words on the page, like just that way in which that that's written, like take thy beak from out thy heart. Like the right? people reading that for the first time are going to be like, we don't, what, what like, does like, that even like, mean? What, yeah. What does that mean? How are these people saying it? Like, Why how does that make sense? But, but then when you see it, you're like, oh, like, you know, it, it kind of makes a little bit more context and it lets you yes. get it, it. Like it shows you like a little bit more how dramatic you know, it is um, when it's being when it's being said like that. Um, and it is a little dramatic. It is because it's James Earl Jones. You I I legitimately felt creeped out when I was younger. And it still gives me a little bit of that, like, creepy vibe. Like it it, it yeah. pushes it a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely of the, of the first episode. It's the definitely the, the one that is like the creepiest. Uh, and I really like at the uh, at the end how they're not saying like how they're scared. But then they show you like Homer um, <laughs> sitting outside of the like, I, I don't know if he's sitting or what he's holding on to, but he's literally like attached Blanket. to the he's side bed, of the treehouse. Well, he well, but he's right outside of the treehouse. Um, oh, when yeah, they start to crawl. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, holding his bag he? of candy. I'm like, what is he sitting on? And he's like chattering his teeth. And they're like, I'm like, I'm like, really? he looks like he looks like legit scared i was like yeah i was like that's good just another moment where like where they animate the character in a way that you don't really like see before because usually like you know if those characters are in danger even when bart's getting strangled like it's not pain like that you see on bart's face like no. he's yelling but it's not like it's not like you're like oh he's being harmed um but when you see homer being scared like he looks scared you know yeah i, I don't know it's maybe it's some something in the way they animate it that it looks realer than it is it's it'll stick with you um so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, the original Treehouse of Horror titled The Simpsons Halloween Special uh, 1990. Stick with us. Uh, be sure to check out Poltergeist, uh, the episode of The Twilight Zone, To Serve Man, and do yourself a favor and read The Raven or listen to any number of people uh, read it. I think Brian Cranston did a version a few years ago and it sounded pretty great. Um, for me, I've been Spooky Seth Trav. You can catch me over at Twitter at Seth Trav. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's our ghoulish Glenn. He's over at From the Crib on Twitter. Together we're at Preachcast. Get at us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're watching this Halloween season. And I've got to remind you to always stay spooky.